Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. And I'm Rob. And I'm Dustin. And Kyle is not here today. He uh, actually had some other things that was that was going on. He wasn't able to make it. So we uh, just to give you an idea of why he wasn't here. We're, we're going to let you in on it real quick. So I just got home from church, but we're going to the Super Bowl. Woo! <laughs> so Hootie! yeah. You understand why Kyle is not here today because he was a little excited because his Cincinnati Bengals won. They're going to the Super Bowl. Not really sure if I can actually say Super Bowl because that's like a trademark name now according to the NFL. So anyway, they're going to that big game that's supposed to be played in a couple weeks. So apparently he threw his voice. I about said threw his voice out. No, he didn't throw his voice out, but he got hoarse because he was screaming with excitement. So, but no, that's not why he was here. He actually has some other things going on. He'll be back next week with us. But this week, we are going to finish up our January discussion with some of our favorite books uh, about ministry and life. Uh, but this week is specifically, we're going to look at those books just relating to youth ministry or children's ministry. So we, we've kind of compiled our list here. Dustin's got a list. Kyle sent us his list, and we'll, we'll throw some of his books in there for you as well. So, yeah. I mean, other than that, real quick, Dustin, how was your week? It was good. It was anything exciting? No, nothing. Nothing exciting. It was a um, pretty pretty busy week. Um, just making phone calls and checking in on people that are kind of shut in and sick right now. While we're in transition, um, but other than that, it wasn't too bad. So, can't complain there. How about your week? It was good. It was cold, but good. Did you get any snow? No, Our house got goodness. buried. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I didn't yeah, know we, I we got a blizzard. House, blizzard. We, we got a blizzard. I couldn't get out of our house for a week. No, it didn't do. It didn't do anything. Which I mean, seemed like the coast and farther up into New England, they got hammered. But I think it was funny that Myrtle Beach and Garden City and yeah, down the, Surfside that they got snow. Which I mean, that's I mean that's a rare phenomenon. I guess I know, at the right? beach, but hey, I mean they got to experience it. Well, now. Um, they didn't get snow, but Orlando had a cold streak Orlando go through had a cold where streak. Disney had their coldest temperatures ever. Like in recorded history of like, like Disney World? In 50 years. Wow. So it got down to like 42, something wow. like that, which for them, I'm guessing that's, that's pretty yeah. it's pretty cold. Because I mean, when we went to Disney, we left the house in like warm clothing. Sweatshirts. Like cold. And, <laughs> and I get down here, it was like 75 degrees. Know, right? I'm like, oh yeah, this, this, is, this is a life right here. Yes, I know. I, I'm ready for that weather. I, I'm. I just. I don't. Know. I'm not a cold weather person. So. Yeah, I've got to that point. I don't really care much for the cold anymore. Me neither. Hurts but my bones. I never cared for the snow when I was younger that much. Like I liked it, but I wasn't a big fan of it. But anyway, All right. that's not. We're not. We're not no. weathermen. We're not. No. We're not here to tell you about the weather. But anyway, so these these are books. Uh, like I said, about children's ministry, youth ministry, and books that have you know, kind of 
impacted our ministry and helped shape our ministry in, in some shape, way, or form, the way that we, we go about doing ministry, especially the ministries that God has called us to. So, Dustin, I'll just let you begin, and then I'll, I'll chime in a little bit. And... All right. Sounds good. So the first book that uh, kind of really helped shape my view of youth, youth ministry, I mean, it's if you're in youth ministry, I'm sure someone's handed you the book. This book, it's by Doug Fields. It's called Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. Um, and I, that book really challenged me to really see kind of what youth ministry, <clears throat> excuse me, is supposed to be about. Um, and it really helped me kind of focus in youth ministry less on activities and more in on mm. the gospel and being mm. focused and centered on Christ, his message and his gospel. So ultimately, that's where transformation happens. So I thought that was an excellent book to kind of shape my view on youth ministry. What, what was the name of that one again? Uh, Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. Yep. By Purpose Doug Driven. Fields. Yes, we, we had to do that book when I was in school. Had to read through it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I have a strange suspicion. I could be wrong. I have a strange suspicion that the books that you're probably going to talk about, and I, ha- I haven't seen your list, but then seeing Kyle's list and the books I'm going to talk about are not your typical youth ministry books. In a sense that we're in youth ministry, but we don't want to have that "quote unquote" youth ministry label to it. I would, I would say that maybe. You know, yeah, like I, got, I understand. I may be a youth pastor, but don't label me as what you think of a youth pastor fifteen, twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah, that's that's probably an accurate like description. It's you know, so it, it'd be interesting. Uh, so my first book is called Make It Last. It's by Jeff Loving Good, and he actually talks about um, the actual youth pastor. Okay. Because there's such a turnover for for youth ministers that he talks about how you get into the church and into your community and make a lasting impression. Okay. How you gear away from what you're just saying, how you kind of gear away from some of those games and activity-driven mm-hmm. and be more gospel-focused to where you grow your students spiritually. Not, nothing wrong with games and activities. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But it just kind of gives you insights on how to last as a youth pastor. Okay. Don't, don't be that 18-month, two-year and done type guy. Yeah. So it, it has some really good insights on it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a pretty easy, short, short little book too. Yeah. But that's Make make It Last, Principles for Effective Student Ministry by Jeff Lovinggood. Uh, one of Kyle's books, he, he, he had a lot of similar books as you and I do, but he, he's got the good old classic by Doug Fields, First Two Years in Youth Ministry. Yep, I had to read that one in college. Yep. I'm pretty sure everybody has, should have read that at some point. Not everybody, I guess I should say. but So that, that that's one of his first ones. He, he's got some good ones on here. One, I'm like, mm-hmm, I know where he got that book from. So, but anyway. We'll, we'll talk we'll, about we'll, that one later. Don't yeah, we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> so, I guess, I guess it is my turn next, right? Um, I guess the next book on my list that really has... Um, this gentleman, his name's Walt Mueller, and he's really mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. When I went when I was at North Greenville, and then I got into my first position in youth ministry, he was kind of 
where I turned to really kind of shape my view of youth ministry to kind of help guide me to where, okay, this is what youth ministry should be. This is what we need to how to how to how to focus in and make sure it's biblical. Is kind of the approach. And one of his books that really did that for me was Youth Culture 101. And so that was an interesting book because it kind of took you into the minds and the world of teenagers. Now, that's a scary place to Most to definitely. Go. Most um, but definitely. He, I mean, he brought in stuff about media, music, substance abuse, um, depression, outside pressure, and even more to kind of show you, okay, this is the youth culture. If you're going to be in youth ministry, these are the things you're going to see, and this is how you need to target those areas. And it was practical, but it was also very challenging to read because, I mean, he didn't hold anything back. I mean, he showed you the nitty-gritty of what youth ministry is and the thoughts that go through teenagers' heads. I mean, it was it was a hard read, but it was well worth investing in to read that. All right. How, how long ago do you think that was? Oh, goodness. Um, that book, there's another addition to it. I think this one was the second, maybe a, a re- redo or an edit however you want to classify that but i'm not really for sure when i this one is probably i got it four years ago maybe i'm sure a lot has changed since then uh, but i would I, say about four years ago i was gonna say because if you said you got it while you're at north greenville mm-hmm. think about the last three four five years mm-hmm. oh yeah especially with the adaption of the cell phone Oh goodness! Yeah, I mean it's it's nothing for teenagers. I, I don't know if you notice it so much in your ministry. I, I don't notice it a whole lot in mine, but just seeing it around in the public school setting, at least, kids are obsessed with TikTok. Oh yeah, it's a. I mean it's. I mean really... that, that's crazy. I mean I can't say anything. I got a TikTok. I have TikTok. I can't say anything. But I don't look at the challenges on there and then try to, like, go to the church and try to, like, burn down the church building because I'm burning toilet paper and, like, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. It, it's just amazing to me how fast youth ministry changes just oh. as much as technology does. Yeah, I mean, it's rapid. I mean, one day something can be cool and the next day it's like, oh, yeah. we're moving on. I mean, I look at, like, so- the social media trends. It started out with, I mean, I'm going to date myself here i guess but myspace yep i mean and it was way before that that's just what i came into the picture was myspace and then it was facebook mm-hmm. teenagers got on that but then the parents crept on yep so they moved oh, to instagram yeah. and then parents started creeping in instagram and it was snapchat and then parents started creeping into snapchat now it's tiktok so i'm wondering what the next you know big social but, media platform will be as parents kind of which they probably get on tiktok and like oh lord <laughs> Let's get off this. And that might be good because they could say, okay, kids, you don't need to be spending so much time on TikTok. But. No, the sad thing is all those apps that you just mentioned, yep, I, I have I have them. Well, I don't, well, have, I, I don't have MySpace anymore. No, I don't either. I, don't I have, have MySpace all those anymore. apps except TikTok. I don't have TikTok. But Dustin needs TikTok. I do. <laughs> Maybe oh, I'm not up with the culture. I want to see Dustin make a TikTok. Oh, all right. All right. All right. So, oh, that's for another day. Yes, there we go. Uh, the the next book, uh, mine is called Life and Student Ministry. It's by Tim Schmoyer, and he just gives you practical steps of what do you want your ministry to look like, and then how to kind of navigate through those. Much like purpose driven min- youth ministry, you know, like get, getting your leaders, planning meetings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just practical 
things. It's it's not necessarily a teaching book, but more. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it is it's it's a really good book. It is really well written, and I guess that's how I was able to relate to it so well. It's very practical. Kind of sounds more hands on versus academic. Yes, hands on. Thank you. Yeah. That's 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 the word I was looking kind for. Kind of gives you tools to say, okay, well, this is what practical youth ministry looks like. But then here's how you can. Yeah, apply like, that to where you are and the situation you're in. How you how are you connecting with the people within your church? Mm-hmm. How are you connecting with your leaders? Yeah. How are you connecting with parents? How are you connecting with students outside of church? Yeah, you know. So oh, yeah. it's okay. Uh, Life and student ministry, which sadly I think that's one of the oldest books I'm talking about. And I mean, it was. I got that book when I first came to the church I'm serving at now. Wow. So it's almost, it's almost I've been here 16 years. So I, that book's probably at least 13 years old. Okay. So, I mean, again, probably outdated. Who knows? All right. Let's see. What, what does Mr. Call have on his list here? Lectures to My Students by Spurgeon. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that is a great book, but I have nothing to say. I I, I got nothing. I like Spurgeon, but I'm 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 blank here too. I don't I don't know. I know. I'm like Kyle. You're gonna to have to fill us in next week on yeah. what that book was like. You're gonna to have to give us a detailed review of that book. This is well, this is like the Goodreads um, review here. Like so, we we need we'll to do what uh, my one of my professors last semester did. We had to read a book and write a v- review about it. So we'll make Kyle write a three or four page paper, and then we'll then we'll talk about it. So you can stay tuned for that next time. Or or we'll make him make a post on Instagram or social media just talking about that book. Sorry, Kyle, you're not here. That's what happens. Yep, that's what happens, man. All right, so lectures to my students by by Spurgeon. All right, so I guess the next book that really another one that kind of shaped my view on youth ministry is Hurt 2.0. Mm. by um, Chap Clark. I thought that book was really good to kind of dive into some things that students really, I know I've got a list here. Don't I? No, no, um, no, I'm, I'm, because you have the 2.0 book. Yeah. I have the original. You have the original. I have I'd the like original. To see the original. It's probably no different than it yours. It might not be, but I'd like to see it. But yeah, 2.0 was really good because it kind of took you into the, the struggles and the reality of what teens really dealt with and the hurt that was, that was there. Because um, a lot of times you see a teenager and they grew up in church and you think, oh, there's, there's no struggle there. But there's going to be some deep scars, some deep issues, and I think Chap does a good job with that. Yeah, that's that's the hard part of student ministry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's trying to walk with students in their hurt. Oh, yeah. It's that's messy. The... I, don't know, I guess the next book I'd, I, I would share, it's, I, I hesitated, but then I was like, eh, but it was really a good book. Sometimes Lifeway, and I'm, I'm calling them out, they went under. But no, their, their student ministry section has really changed a lot. Uh, and probably about the time they were in that transition of, of changing for the good, uh, the People who were over their their student ministry, Jeff Pratt and Scott Stevens, they wrote a book called "Are You Developing Students or Your Student Ministry?" Mm. 
and they kind of dived into that idea that nothing wrong with youth ministry or student ministry, but which one are you spending more time investing in and mm. focusing on? And so that that was a really good eye-opener to say, so many times we value our student ministries, but do we value our students in the ministries? Mm. Wow. So that that was a really good good book on that one. All right, Kyle's only got a few more, so I'm going to save save a couple of okay. them. Okay, um, I guess the next book, and this one, this one might be a little old, like older, but I'm, I think some of the data and stuff would still kind of line up with our current culture. But it's called Soul Searching. Um, it's by Kristen Smith and Melinda Denton. They're both sociologists. Hmm. Never heard of that one. Um, and the whole premise of their book is on this idea of moralistic therapeutic deism. It's a big word. Okay, did y'all catch all that? Moralistic therapeutic deism. So basically what they're talking about is this mentality with students that says, if my life is good enough, then I'm going to be, God's going to accept me. Um, and there's some other things there, like I'm a God who exists. Basically, God existed. He created and ordered the world and um, watches over the life on earth, but he doesn't necessarily step in and kind of inter- interact or not involved kind of the open theism, I guess, mentality, mm. so to say. Um, mm. God wants people to be good, nice, fair to each other, um, as taught in the Bible and as by most world religions. Um, the central goal of life is to be happy and feel good about oneself. Uh, number four, God doesn't need to be um, partially involved in one's life except when God needs to resolve a problem. And then finally, you know, basically good people go to heaven when they die. Um, so, and it kind of teaches the central idea of basically living a good life, a happy life, being a good moral person. Um, and so that and it was interesting because the, they they interviewed I think it was over three thousand students, and out of that it was a I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was a pretty large number of people that professed to be believers. But this is kind of what their mentality was, specifically in youth ministry. So, That's interesting. Yeah, because that's. You you could write that book today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was I, mean, I read it. It's been, it's been years, but huh. I was like looking back, I'm like, man, that's so our culture right now. Like this that's, whole idea of hey, I'm good. Let's you know, I'm a, I'm gonna go to heaven on that, and I'm, I'm a good moral person, but I don't need anything else. So, which is almost not not that we want to get into this, but I mean, just that's almost the mindset of the american church today mm, yeah you know it's yeah, kind of a lot of it christianity mentality yeah wow that's a good point that one's good gosh i don't know where to go from that one then okay now i'm i'm going i'm going to step away from youth ministry and and take a page into depending on your calling or your church anyway i should say um you may not be a full-time youth pastor. Mm-hmm. You, you may have other roles within that church of youth and children's pastor. Okay, yeah. So one of mine, it's called The Kidology Handbook. It's by Carl Bastian. Uh, it was a PDF book that um, we, we had purchased in a program that I was going through. And it was just very hands-on practical stuff about working with kids. And he does all these crazy videos with, like, he'll take, like, old toys and, like, he'll give them voices. 
And okay. like he sits here and he'll you know he'll he'll do the little puppet show type thing with them. Something I could never do. I don't have that that personality of oh, over the top yeah. type thing. Yeah. But the the information in in this book is useful because it talks about how creating a a children's environment. Okay. Uh, creating that working with children, working with different types of children from different backgrounds, very similar to what one of the books you were talking about earlier, Hurt, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, but this is more geared toward towards children. Wow. Okay. So that that was a, it's not a book form, but it was a PDF. And then I'm, I'm, I'm one, Kyle and I both had this one on ours because uh, we, we both worked through it a little bit when it first came out, obviously, but the title is called "If Disney Ran Your Children's Ministry." If Disney obviously, ran your children's yes. ministry. Yes. Okay. That that obviously that that's just a book right up our alley because it's it's got the word Disney in it, so we were we were sold. But it's by Dell Hudson, and the idea is, what type of children's ministry are you creating? Okay. So if Disney ran your children's ministry, how different? would it look than what you have now? Hmm. Now, the idea there, before people start like closing us out and saying, heretic, 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 it's not talking about the biblical side of children's ministry on that level. Okay? It's just talking about first appearances. Hmm. When, when people come to your church, when they walk into your buildings, do they see... An outdated children's ministry hmm. with white walls and a chalkboard, or do they see a little bit of vibrant life to it? Hmm. Okay. You know, regardless whether it's right, wrong, or in between, we've all done it, regardless whether you want to admit it. We judge things on appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if it looks attractive, then, hey, maybe it might be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But also understanding, for our perspective, just because it looks cool and attractive and entertaining doesn't mean it's growing. Mm. Wow. Now, that, yeah. that, that part's not in the book. I'm just adding that yeah. for, for our part. But, yeah, if Disney ran, my cho- if Disney ran your children's ministry— it's a really colorful book, too. Okay. I mean, it's a typical, like you're reading through it and you're like, oh, man, this is like, okay. And again, a small church mindset, that book may not work. Mm. But you can still use some of the ideas Yeah. in the sense that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's interesting you say that because I've, it's been a couple of years, but Lifeway did um, their research department put out a article or a study or something showing them, I think it was like 10 reasons why people don't return to your church. And um, one of those reasons, I think it was number four. I don't, don't quote me on it, but number four, number five, but it was appearance. If people come to your church and they see that it's kind of run down, mm. not taken care of, they're thinking, Oh, well, they must not yep. really care much about their congregation. It, it speaks more than just, Oh, this building's run down. It, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, that sounds pretty. I might have to check that out. So, it's so colorful. It's got the, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that is very – I mean, obviously, you guys on the other end of this can't see, but yeah. it is very colorful. Here, look at trust, this page. Trust us on that. It, okay. I might have to check that out then. 
Here, uh, the, the official title says, If Disney Ran Your Children's Ministry, 10 Keys from Disney Success That Will Help You Build the Ministry You've Always Dreamed About. Oh, okay. I mean, Check that out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we probably lost a lot of people because I said the word Disney, but it's okay. Hey, God can use weird things to exactly. expand his kingdom sometimes, yep. so there we go. There's no limits on that. Exactly. All right. So moving forward, I think another book that, um, there again, Walt Mueller, um, mm-hmm. he was very instrumental in shaping how I, how I see and do youth ministry. It's called Engaging the Soul of Youth Culture. Um, and it's kind of an interesting book. Basically what it does is it helps parents and youth pastors kind of bridge the gap between a teen's worldview, but making sure that worldview is in line with Christian truth, Christian principles and doctrine and theology. Um, so, I mean, because we all have some sort of worldview, mm-hmm. we, how we view the world, how we view theology right. and doctrine, but it's taking that worldview of the teen, which sometimes can be somewhat secular, and helping them align it with biblical principles found in God's Word. So that was really okay. good. So engaging the soul of youth culture. Okay. I like Mueller. that. I really only have two more books. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to jump the gun. I'm going to tell, tell, them what, tell you what they are, if I can find it. Uh, one is by Dr. Tim Kimmel. It's called Connecting Church and Home. Okay. So he takes this idea that youth ministry and children's ministry is an asset for the church but it shouldn't be the sole responsibility mm. and so how are we connecting church and home and, and bridging them together mm. to you know remind parents and reassure parents that you are the primary disciple maker yeah in your home. Yeah, that's our number one job as parents. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he does a really good job of just giving you information. And that book's not just for youth pastors or pastors. Like, parents could read that book. What, it's, was, it, what it's was the name of it again? Connecting Church and Home. Connecting Church and Home. Okay. So I, I'm thinking, don't hold me to this. Um, I'm thinking this was a D6 book. Okay. I think that's where... I mean, it sounds like something D6 would cause it, put it, out. It's Randall House. So yeah. I know it's about Randall House. But I think that was kind of that idea of being at D6. Yeah. When we went to the family conference, seeing that, that, that kind of helped reshape my view of ministry. Hmm. You know? It, okay. You know, it, it shouldn't have been. You know, you've been in ministry 20 plus years, you're still... But I think there's new ways that we can learn and find ways to invest in our families and our church. Mm. To, but yeah, okay. Connecting Church and Home by Dr. Tim Kimmel. Uh, the, the other one real quick. It's not a youth pastor's book. But being a youth pastor and knowing that we were going to have kids one day, I was like, oh. That means my kids are going to be labeled a, a, a PK, mm. a pastor's kid, you know, yeah. regardless of whether you want them to be labeled that, that's that's what they're going to be known as oh, maybe. Yeah. But John Piper, his son, Barnabas Piper, wrote a book called The Pastor's Kid, Finding Your Own Faith and Identity. And within that book, he talks about the struggles growing up as a pastor's kid mm. and how 
he wasn't called to the ministry. Why did he have to go and do all these different things when he was a kid? He wasn't called to the ministry, which, you know, Barnabas Piper does an exceptional work. I think he still works for a church now up in Tennessee. Uh, He's wrote a couple other books. But if if you're in ministry— and, and you have kids, and you've never really thought about that. It's, it's just a good read, mm. just to kind of say, okay, I need to understand that I'm called to the church, not my wife, not my kids. Mm-hmm. They get to come and be a part of the church, mm. you know. And, I, and good, they're they're not called to. That's a good reminder. Serve the church in a sense that yeah. that we are. Yeah, their their calling is much different than right our calling is. Yeah. That's a good. I'm gonna have to check that book out then. All right, you gonna let me read the rest of mine since we're go ahead and doing that, or you gonna read some of? Yeah, no, that's okay. fine. And then I, then I'll finish calls. All right, I had just three more. Um, one of those is called "Teenagers Matter." Mm. It's called by Mark Canster, and he's a professor of Christian ministry at Gordon College. Um, and basically, what he does is he he helps student pastors move beyond this mentality of good enough as being the standard of excellence. So like, you know, I have this many students coming, that's good enough for me. And that's mm. the standard of excellence they set, which there's nothing wrong with that, but he's basically taking it from the premise of saying, you know, there's when you when you when you realize that teenagers matter more than just the numbers and mm-hmm. all those stuff, then yes when you start to see them thrive. It's also when you start to see transformation happen mm. in their lives because you're showing them that they're not just a number, but they matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good book, and there again, shaping how you view that excellence of youth ministry and taking it beyond that. Oh well, this is just good enough for me. But you're going one step further and saying mm, I like they, that. They, they matter, and you're going to see them thrive, and you're going to see them um, transform into that image of God that we're mm. that's what we're trying to help them do. Um, another book. This one's more. This one's very practical. Um, it's called Reaching a Generation for Christ. Um, so it's Richard Dunn and Mark Center, um, and it was a practical book on how to kind of, so basically what they did was, it's more, I wouldn't say it's a book that you would, I guess, read, it's more academic, Mm -hmm. I guess, but it's practical in the sense that it kind of shows you various ways to do youth ministry, and it gives you models and practical steps, and it was very good. Did you have to read that book at North Greenville? I did. I, I had to read that book. Yeah. I think I still have that book. I do. I have it in my office. And I use it on occasion because most of the principles still – I mean, some of the yeah. data is a little out because, I mean, we're 2022. <laughs> but, I mean, it's still a very good practical book on that. And then my final one, and this one was a really hard read, especially now that we're – you're seeing more about the topic of mental health and mm. all those issues coming. And um, the thing that – this book was it's called The Youth Worker's Guide to Helping Teenagers in Crisis. Um, so Richard Pelt and Jim Hancock is who wrote it. Um, and this one was good because it was chock full of real stories about what teenagers do. So one of the stories in there is Columbine. Mm. And it basically walked you through how like, the person that wrote this was an actual youth pastor in that area at a church wow. during that time. So how you walk yep. your students through something of that magnitude. Um, and there was some stuff in there, too, that I'm like, oh, my. Um, it was real. It was honest. Um, and they didn't skirt around those difficult issues. So the Youth Worker's Guide to Helping Teenagers in Crisis. Hmm. It's a good book. Hard read, but a good book. Yeah, something you said just kind of triggered in my brain that 
if it's out there, I haven't seen it. Maybe you've seen it. I don't know. But I'm waiting on someone to write a book on mental health for pastors. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anything yet, but. I mean, that has something that has really, and I think being in a pandemic for two plus years Mm -hmm. has probably brought on a lot more of that. Oh, yeah. But I'm waiting on a book like that, as long as it's well written. Yeah. Like somebody like Carrie Newhoff would be a great person to do that book. Um, A couple of Kyle's books he had on here, which was really interesting because... A couple of them, I absolutely love these books. Uh, one was First Hand by Ryan and Josh Shook. Hmm. And it's talking about how we ditch religion as a the secondhand religion. Hmm. And we make Christianity our own. Oh, wow. Like it's it's not a religion, but it's 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 a person and a relationship that yeah. we follow. It's not a, you can't get into heaven, as I always say, on the yes. skirt tails of your parents. And it's your own religion. But it. And I think what I liked about the book, at least as far as from what I can remember of it, it, it dealt with your faith is not your grandparents. It's not your parents. Yep. It's not your youth pastors. It's your faith. Mm. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to grow with it? And then the, the other book, he said, he, he says, this is my all-time favorite, uh, Do Hard Things. Do Hard Things. I remember that. By book. Alex and Brett Harris. A Teenage Rebellion Against Low Expectations. And I, I remember that book. Actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I know she's probably listened to this eventually. Uh, one of my our students, that's one of her favorite books. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of like, go and do these hard things. Don't just settle mm. for mediocre. Yeah. Don't, or don't just settle in general. Just... Go and do something, do do hard things, mm-hmm. in that sense that. But his other book, I, I was saving this one for last because <laughs> th- there would probably be some jokes oh, about inside jokes about it easily. I know where this is going. Yep. So, several years ago, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, three years ago, not quite three years ago, we had the opportunity to go to the D six family conference. Yep. And we, we, we did a podcast on there where all four of us got together and shared experiences about that conference and about the trip. And Kyle has the book that they shared in the conference. Now, I'm going to call him out on this. I feel like we need a drum roll or something. I know, right? <laughs> I, I'm curious if he's actually read the book. Or if he just heard so much about it over the weekend that we felt like we read the book because we gained so much knowledge from it. Yeah. But it was recalibrate. And, yes, he says we joke about it. He says, but it really has been an incredible resource for him to refocus the way that he ministers to families. Mm, Yeah. And, yes, if you're listening to this, there there is that inside joke with us on, on that book. But Kyle says it is a very valuable book. If you're if you're in ministry, we that is a book that we would we would really recommend on that on that end. And any of these books, if you are a pastor, a youth pastor, children's pastor, if you are in ministry or you you feel like God is calling you to the ministry, maybe you're in school right now preparing for the ministry. I know sometimes it's hard to read books while you're in school. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we talked a little bit about that last week, okay. how that kind of 
kills a little bit your your enthusiasm for reading. Yeah, it does. But let me encourage you that try to read books outside of books you're reading preparing for the ministry. Mm-hmm. Try to read books on the specific ministry that you're going into, especially children's ministry and youth ministry, because that is a revolving door. Oh, it is constantly yeah. just changing. You, you may be a freshman in college preparing for the ministry, and it's so crazy that by the time you graduate in three, four years, it, it's completely different culture. Mm. Yep. But the one thing remains the same, God's Word. Yep. Never build a ministry apart from God's Word. Apart from God's word and prayer, because at that point it's all about us. Yeah, it's a glorified social club. Yep, glorified social club. And if we are teaching our students to go and do things without any recognition mm. of everything I do, I'm doing for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We failed. Yep. And, and and maybe I have failed in, in times in that. I'm oh, sure yeah. I have. We're human. We all have failed. Yeah. So these are some really good, just practical, engaging books to, to expand your, your knowledge and, and your mind for, for ministry. I, I don't have anything else on my list. Oh, I do have one other thing. I forgot. About, let me forget. Oh, sorry. No. Um, there is a, I, well, it's new to me. I don't know if it's new, new, but it's new to me. And I'm, I'm going to name drop. Um, the guy's name is Reggie Joyner. He works for Orange and Orange Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have just recently come across his book series called Parenting Your Sixth Grader, Parenting Your Seventh Grader, Parenting Your Eighth Grader, Ninth, Tenth, Eleventh, Twelfth. So far from what I've seen of this book, I have the Parenting Your Sixth Grader. And it is, it's it's kind of geared like a family devotional almost. Okay. Where it kind of gives you tools and tips to come alongside your sixth grader because it deals with each phase of their life. And, and that's what I really like. Um, a sixth grader is going to be physically and spiritually and mature and maturely different than than 11th grader they're going to be going through different mm-hmm. things you know oh yeah and that that's why i really like how sixth graders really need to be nurtured and loved mm. we need to reinforce that with now everybody wants to be nurtured and loved but mm-hmm. specifically that age you you have a stronger lord willing an 11th grader would have a stronger faith in their relationship with Christ than, than a sixth grader may. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly. But those are just some really helpful books from what, I can, from what I've read so far of them. Uh, two other books that I'm currently working through. Uh, one is called Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry by Cameron Cole and John Nielsen. And then the other one is A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry by Michael McGarry. Mm. So... One book is a little bit harder than the other book. I ain't going to say which one. You can kind of tell by the title. (laughs) But I love those books 
because it's breaking the old mold of, of youth ministry, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to, you can still be a youth ministry and still be an effective part of the church. You don't have to have a separate identity from your church. Mm. Y- you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, Growing your students, grounding your students in, in, in God's word, hmm. and that's what is shaping your 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 identity. It's what's shaping your ministry's identity, and that's that's where my heart is. I I, I love coming alongside and, and talking with other pastors and youth pastors and seeing where they're challenged at, seeing what difficulties they're going through how we can invest in them because that is something that really I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Again, if I lose listeners on this, I I apologize, but I'm just sharing my heart for a moment. I have never felt that calling that youth ministry to me or student ministry is a stepping stone. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that God would never call me yeah. to be a pastor yeah. or a senior pastor in, in that sense. But people who willingly, knowingly go into children's ministry and then they're like, oh, I'll spend a couple years in children's ministry. And then, oh, I'm going to step up to be the youth pastor. And then I want to step in and be the senior pastor. Like, I don't understand that uh, mindset. Yeah, I don't either. Like... I want to flourish where 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 God has called me. Yes. No, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that couldn't change. I'm not saying that couldn't change for you 10, yeah. 15 years down the road. Yeah. I don't know what God has in, in store or planned for my life, but I know currently where He has me. I, w- I want to grow in that area and be the best that that I can. Mm-hmm. Trust me. A lot of days I fall way short of that. <laughs> so just just. Sharing that little tidbit with that, just the, those useful books right there. But I hope you guys have really enjoyed the last few weeks of some of the books that we've been sharing. It's really odd to think that we went from like the Christian classics to like our, I don't want to say modern Christian books, but. I mean, that's basically, that's, yeah, yeah. That's where, you, that's where we went. And then, and then kind of giving you insights for like, specific ministry guided books hmm. so it's it's been fun I, I have really enjoyed it I hope, I hope you guys have but Dustin before we head out I'm, I'm going I'm going to throw a curveball on you okay so curveballs yep well because part of what a lot of people really enjoyed about caffeinated living when, when we first started doing everything was how we would do like random Things at the end. Okay. You know, so, okay. so we haven't done that lately. We're going back to that. We're, we're going back to that okay. real quick, but in a different way. Okay. So I'm going, I have a this or that food edition. This or that a food edition. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to throw a couple of questions out there at you and you have to give me your best response. Oh, wait, goodness. Wait, okay. Wait. Well, I mean, it's only like, okay, for example, are you taking mayonnaise or ketchup? Mayonnaise. Really? Yeah. I hate ketchup. Yes. <laughs> Man, you might be the only people I know that I, like mayonnaise. I absolutely hate ketchup. Okay. I'll eat it in something, but I don't want it on anything. Like on a hamburger, mm, it's gross. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Pizza or pasta? Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. Uh, pizza. Italian or Mexican? Oh, Mexican every day. Oh, amen, brother. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, chocolate. Candy or ice cream? Ice cream. <laughs> this one, I'm like... Because at least with ice cream, your teeth won't rot out as quick. Uh, Nutella or peanut butter? Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> that's a doozy. I like both of those. Can I have a mix and a, and a tub together? Um, oh, mm, I was going to say peanut butter. Okay. I, All right. I just have to go with that. Pancakes or waffles? Gosh. <laughs> um, waffles because it holds more syrup. <laughs> um, popcorn or kettle corn? Oh, kettle corn every day. Amen. I wait in at Dollywood just now, to get their kettle corn. So. I, I, I say amen to that. But there's something about kettle corn when you're walking around a fair or an amusement park and it starts like. I will say, though, I really enjoy movie theater popcorn. I had forgotten how much I loved that Mm -hmm. until we went to the movies a couple weeks ago. Okay. Spicy or mild? Oh, mild. Fruit or vegetables? Fruit. (laughs) And then two more. Okay. Um, Skinny fries or crinkle fries? What's like the, the... Shoestring like French fries, those yeah, like the skinny oh. like McDonald's fries, um, or or like the crinkle. Some people call them chunky fries. I didn't oh. want to use the word chunky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> thanks for offending me. I'm just kidding. Uh, chunky fries. I mean crinkle fries. Sorry. And then eat in or eat out. Um, if my wife had a say, I'd be eating out. I prefer to eat in, but I, depending on where you're going, yeah. Depending on where you're going, yeah, yeah. No, th- th- those would be extra- those are really Stephanie hard. You just get something and go home and eat it. I don't like it because it gets cold. I feel like I don't like stuff reheated when it's to go. Oh, so I'm just, I'm weird like that. But no, ain't, ain't, yeah. ain't nothing weird with it. So you don't like leftovers, like from a I'll, restaurant? Yeah, I'll eat. It depends on what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Which I never eat leftovers. I always take them, and I'm like, oh, I'll eat them tomorrow for lunch. My wife's like, you're not going to eat that. She comes home from school the next day. Guess what? Leftovers are still sitting there. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know. I'm guilty of that. I, can't I do like it. leftover pizza, but that's oh, yeah. pizza yeah. and a few other things. But but leftover pizza the next morning. Oh, that is good. Oh, that does sound man. good. No, it's not good for you, but it does sound good. I didn't say it had to be good for you. I just True. said it. You did give me an option between ice cream and candy. So. <laughs> I would take ice cream over that. Yeah. Because I'm not a big chocolate person. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, okay. I got one for you. Okay. Homemade ice cream or store-bought ice cream? Oh, man. It depends on the flavor. If it's red. So if it's, so if it's homemade ice cream, what flavor are you going with oh, real red quick? velvet cake. Really? I've never oh, had that. Oh, my goodness. Red velvet or pineapple? I've, I've had homemade oh, pineapple. Oh, my goodness. There's a, there's a, my, this is off what you're doing, but there's a place <laughs> in Pigeon Forge. It's called the Old Mill Creamery. Yes. Shout out there. They have. It's seasonal, so if you go like close to the spring, they'll have it's pineapple, and they have actual chunks of pineapple in the <sighs> ice cream. So good. And then when it's like close to the holidays, they'll have red velvet ice cream, and they have like Ooh. actual chunks of red velvet cake mixed into the ice cream. Oh my! I've had red velvet cheesecake, but no, never red no, velvet ice cream. It is so good. You can actually get it sometimes if you go to Utter Delicious. They'll have it. Okay. So give it a whirl. If you haven't had red velvet, I'm literally, and it's got like the cream cheese. It, oh, it's good. 
Okay. Last thing, real okay. quick. Okay. And then, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Okay. So you like little Debbie snacks? Oh yeah. Have Have you seen the ice creams? Stephanie told me about it. I want to try. Is it out yet? Well, we I just got the Swiss cake rolls. Oh, please tell we, me. How we that got is. that one. We haven't tried it yet. But then they got the honey bun flavor. I'm not so uh, sure. That's like ice cream buns. flavor. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be a little much. I feel like. But now I, they put out the a little like the Nutty Buddy bar ice cream. So I don't I don't know what all flavors they've put out yet. Oh the only two we've seen are the honey bun and the Swiss cake roll. Oh, Swiss cakes. I love. I love you, Swiss cakes. You stick those things in the freezer. They're even better. <laughs> Just throw that out there too. I want to say you said that one time on the on I did. One episode. Cal thought I was like a crazy. <laughs> God, I want to say, didn't we do that on our little Debbie? We did, yeah. And you talked about that. And That's Kyle right. Thought I was, it was the weirdest thing in the world. So who? Okay, so maybe we can find all the flavors. Yes, we'll and, then, and then we tasting. and then we can do a ice cream tasting with it and make make our rankings of which one ranks best. That that would be fun. We could do that. At least have some some fun with this cold weather we're having. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining uh, back with us this week. Uh, just pray again that this has been a helpful, useful episode for you. Uh, you've got some good information, some books to look up and to add to your reading list. So until next time, keep it caffeinated.